They may say that nice guys finish last, but Ben Wynn proves that sometimes it's the good guy who comes out on top. After the war in Vietnam, Ben's family settled in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where they rebuilt their lives from scratch as refugees. Ben was bullied as a child, so his mother signed him up for Taekwondo. From his early days practicing in a church basement to stepping into the UFC cage, Ben has been fighting his way through adversity. In 2014, a video of Ben knocking out an opponent in 25 seconds who had tried to bully him at a pre-fight press conference went viral. Ben now trains alongside his wife, Australian fighter April Adams, and proudly represents his Vietnamese heritage in the sport that he loves. How's it going? Good, good. Before we start, I got to ask you, where's Ben 10 come from? Ben 10. Uh, so it's just something that we just all around the world just decided to call me. So anyone that I'd meet just like, you know, uh, you know, out and about either training or doing something anywhere and anywhere that, um, um that had biting like everyone would be like oh it's ben 10 how's how's it going you know it, it's just kind of like their way of uh kind of breaking down that just making things comfortable for them it's just like ben 10 hey it's ben 10 yeah cool cool well you're yeah. you're you're glitching a little bit on your video but it's okay we could hear you just fine yeah um, australian internet isn't the greatest out here so well it, it's got to go <laughs> across the pacific <laughs> so. that's right yeah so what, what part of australia um, are you from and you, you gotta you gotta tell uh, me like north south west east like i don't i don't, I don't know okay this. yeah geography uh so uh australia has uh i'm on the east side like east in the middle so like if, if you split uh Australia, like in half, like hamburger okay. ways. Um, yeah, be like it'd be like right in the middle, on the east side. Okay, so you're not nearly you're not you're not far from the coast. You're not at the coast, but you're somewhere towards it, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much like on the coast. Yeah, nice. But like the most most of like 90% of the population lives on the coast. Like any, anything in the middle is just like desert and barren and it's just like, just everything can kill you out there. So no one goes out there. <laughs> no one wants to live out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've been there. I've been to Brisbane, um, Melbourne and Have you? Oh yeah. Yeah. On business though. So unfortunately it's fly in, visited some customers, fly out, didn't get a whole lot of time to check it out. I had a free day in Melbourne and I got to kind of go down the coast okay. there. It, you know, phenomenal, beautiful area. But Brisbane, I literally flew in, um, went to a hotel and saw some a customer the next day and then boom, out. So, oh, wow. But yeah, in beautiful country. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Wow. Awesome place for sure. Well, well, man, we appreciate you joining us. We're, we're excited. Um, you're our second UFC fighter on the show. We had Andre Andre Sukumthat. Um, not sure if you've heard right, of him. Really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly a, a good, a, a really good guy. Um, but yeah, we're excited to have you on. Co's uh, going to go ahead and kick us off, and Ben, we'll jump right in the interview because we know you're busy here. 
No All worries. Right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of C4 Podcast. My name is Coach Andetka. I'm here with my co-host, John Messina, and we have a wonderful guest on today, a UFC fighter from Australia. So we uh, we just had a yeah, UFC okay. fighter, you know, uh, the Asian sensation, um, Andre Sugatat, and now we are, have another uh, Southeast Asian MMA fighter you know, from the other side of the world. So definitely love to hear his stories and how things are different over there and versus how they are over here. So with that being said, I'm going to turn it over to John to introduce the guest. Yeah, so our guest today is Mr. Ben Wynn. Um, Co said from Australia, but originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. <laughs> cold, frozen tundra in the Great Plains. One of the few places co colder than where we live, which is in Chicago. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> you're, you're loving life for now, I'm sure. In Australia. Oh, yeah. Just, um, anytime when uh, I don't have to shovel a driveway full of snow, I'm happy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely no snow out, out this way down under. Uh, but you know, the, the trade-off is like everything wants to kill you, but, um, that's what makes me stronger. That's true. Poisonous snakes, big spiders, <laughs> That's all, right. all that, all that cool stuff. Well, Ben, we like to start from the beginning. Um, and I know your family came from Vietnam and, and this story mm -hmm. is familiar to a lot of the people listening. Um, I I'm sure, but start with their immigration story, how you guys ended up in Sioux Falls of all places. Yeah. So, uh, my parents, uh, they, uh, decided to leave Vietnam, you know, in the 80s it was pretty hard it was a hard time for a, a lot of people you know after the war and stuff so um uh, everyone was trying to i guess go find opportunity else elsewhere and um my parents uh um and my uh two two uh older sisters uh were really young they're like toddlers or um like really young um and they uh my whole family pretty much like hopped onto a uh, boat and um, um, they went out to sea towards like the Philippines and stuff. And they, they um, actually broke down out, out in sea and um, had to, they were stranded out there for a while, like no food for like the longest time. And um, um, but anyways, uh, they, uh, they struggled to get across, made it to the Philippines. And um, from there they spent like, uh, you know, a few months just, uh, just at like, uh, you know, refugee camps and stuff like that. And, um, then, um, they got an opportunity to get to, um, I guess, have a family, bring them in and kind of, uh, I guess, acclimate them to, uh, you know, Western culture and you know, bring them up because, you know, immigrants from, um, you know, third world country going into, uh, America's like completely di different so they had opportunity and it was it was in um Sioux Falls South Dakota of all places right so um there's at that time like not a lot of people I mean right now like there's only less there's less than one million people in the entire state so it's like it's it's a very uh uh small population um and you know there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of um Asian people out that way, uh, a lot of, a lot of different, um, not a lot of different cultures, like mainly ca Caucasian, 
um, farmers and stuff. But um, yeah, they uh, found an opportunity to get in Sioux Falls, and that's where we landed, man. And um, yeah, it was, uh, they, yeah, they uh, pretty much uh, had me in in Sioux Falls. And that was I, I was like uh, the firstborn of my family in America, and. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of how it all all started off was um, kind of getting getting across the ocean and then and then getting sponsored by uh, a family to uh, get to America, bring us in and raise us up, that kind of thing. So now you said there's not even a million people in Sioux Falls. How many would you say? How much? How many people would you say are Asian in Sioux Falls? Oh man, uh, I think I read. <laughs> I think somewhere like 1% of the entire population of South Dakota is like Asian. I want to say like a percent or something. Like it's really small. And that's about an hour from Sioux City, right? Which is probably the next biggest town or metro area. Oh, what do we got? Yeah, we got, yeah. Yeah, Sioux City. Yeah, we got Sioux City. Yeah, probably, yeah. And uh, yeah, they, they ship they they brought a lot of southeast asians out that that way yeah. i think because there was at the time there was uh like some factories popping up like they my dad um for example he he has the same job that he had when we first got when they got first got to america at a meat packing plant in sioux falls he's got the same job today as he did like 30 some years ago 35 36 years ago which is yeah. really yeah it's really hard to yeah, to uh, come across these days because no one like no one holds a like a long-term job that long man he's been working so long at that it's one job yeah Crazy. there's several plants in the sioux city area i know because we have i, I guess they're not relatives of my wife but my my father-in-law, my wife's dad came over from Laos and he also yep. first job at a meatpacking plant, but in Amarillo, Texas. Um, but we know several families from Sioux city that did the same thing, worked in the plants. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, very common. Yeah. They had the, you know, plants in Sioux city. There's some in Minnesota. It was like in that, uh, they call it in the, the like that heartland region, yeah. just, um, you know, uh, Iowa, uh, South Dakota, Minnesota. Um, what else we got? Nebraska, kind of in that cor- that small yeah. circle. Like yeah. for some reason, just got uh, a lot of Southeast Asians, lots of Vietnamese, um, Laos, Cambodian. Yeah, just because it was a lot of opportunity, like to start off with. So. Um, that's where you see a lot of Asians. Yeah, you didn't have to speak English, and it paid really well, especially for when you just came, right? And the the cost of living was typically low in those those rural areas. So you really know, low. Yeah, yeah. it was easy. Feet. Yeah, it was just easy to get a start, right? It's just back then, man. It's like you know, get get off and find it. You get a job straight away, and then bang. <laughs> yep. Well, tell us a little bit. So you were born there, but what was it like growing up? Tell us a little bit more about your childhood there, some of the challenges you faced and some of the good things about living in a small town. Yeah. So living in a small town, uh, I, man, I, uh, I'm glad I 
grew up in Sioux Falls and in such a small town because it made me uh it made me become curious about like the world the outside world because you know back then there was no internet there was you know barely any tv you know you only had like a few channels to watch right um so you couldn't really see much uh of the world so it it made me curious on like what the world was like and really made me work hard to like not escape Sioux Falls but like kind of like be able to get out and kind of explore a little bit more and stuff but yeah it made me curious and um growing up in Sioux Falls was was um uh it it, it was it was good man it was it was it was quiet uh there wasn't much to do like uh how about uh, how about Ben how about just some of the not so pleasant stuff growing up not so pleasant brand brand new world and you look different you are different and you know people are looking at you differently right and I think we've all we've all experienced that and you know racism racism right let's just say it I mean what was your experience with that I mean to your family to you and how did you how did how did you deal with it yeah so um with with that uh i experiencing racism i didn't really realize it like growing up like what was actually happening until i i grew up and kind of looked back and i was like oh man that was kind of like wrong for them to say like um for example i um i i was uh bullied in middle school stuff and had like these i i remember i remember like night and day it was it was like these two girls that like went up to me in middle school and they're like uh they, they were just trying to like start trouble or something and um it, they uh started i said something like uh oh it's like you you bombed pearl harbor and stuff like that i'm like dude like back back then i was like man that's like kind of mean but like now i'm like dude that's like really awful <laughs> that's terrible um i didn't experience it <laughs> at that extent like all the time but uh that was like one of the one one things i do remember uh i guess with uh growing up in mostly caucasian you kind of just you almost don't realize that you're asian until (laughs) until you until you're like oh yeah i'm asian again all right you know it's uh because everyone like literally like in sioux falls like no barely any other Asians. I'd be like the one other Asian in town, right? <laughs> and um uh and you it's funny because like you you tend to gravitate to people of your you know your race, your ethnicity. Um so we would hang out with like the Vietnamese, like the small Vietnamese group, like five of us, right? <laughs> in in the whole high school. Uh we, there, we would, there were like five families. No, like, like, like five of us in that were in, around the same age, you know, okay, that were yeah. friends, gotcha, um, gotcha. Vietnamese. And then, and then um, we'd hang out with all the, the Southeast Asians, like the Laos people, Cambodian people. Um, yeah. And we just, it was funny because you just like gravitate towards the people of your, your own ethnicity almost like yeah, where yeah you for sure. from. it's really weird but yeah we 
we would like all like literally like all the Asians would somewhat know of each other in the whole town. We're talking a town of uh, one hundred and fifty thousand, two hundred thousand. Like we, everyone would know each other, right? So, not um, not say you walk, you you're the five of you guys are in a group and walking the streets on a Friday night. Are you getting hassled as you're walking in the street, or did did you ever get bothered with or? Yeah, hassled. Oh, let's say we got hassled or anything. No, no, we weren't looking for trouble or anything. We're not like going out on the streets and nah. <laughs> Um, oh, no, no. It's, it's not it's not looking for trouble it's kind of kind of like being who being who we are and yeah where we were at that time people look trouble found us you know no no we were we weren't looking for trouble i don't for i don't sure. think any of us ever looked for it right yeah right that um, situation at that time yeah uh yeah i guess um yeah we weren't really i i guess uh yeah, it was just uh, we uh, we didn't experience it too much. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and we didn't go out. There wasn't much to do in Sioux <laughs> Falls, right? There's like, I don't know, there's not, there's not a lot to do, right? There's like, uh, you know, few, there's lots of bars and restaurants, but like there's for uh, uh, a high school student on a, you know, Wednesday night, man, you're going to the bowling alley or, uh, I don't know, going to uh, the shopping mall or something. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Something. Well, well, well then how did, how did you end up getting into MMA, MMA, especially martial arts, I guess, first, Ben? Yeah, MMA. So I, uh, I started doing Taekwondo when I was 12 and uh, that kind of, I, I really fell in love with doing martial arts and I really had a really good coach that really pushed me to be, um, to be good. And he, um, that, that all started like the whole martial arts thing for me. Um, I, when I turned 18, I was able to, uh, all I wanted to do was like to, to fight and like prove myself. Right. I was like, I've got my black belt in Taekwondo, I'm a badass, you know, um, and right when I turned 18, I signed up for, uh, a cage fight out, out in the fairgrounds. This is like 2006, 2007, like a long time ago. And back then there wasn't any like setup. There wasn't any, um, like proper fight events. This is like, uh, you know, this is out at the. This is at, uh, we fought literally at a uh, a cattle showing ground. I don't know if you guys know what that is. Yeah, I... where they show cattle. Yeah, <laughs> and when they you know when they like the farmers like to have the they, they they grab the the cow by its reins and like they're walking around like this big they go into like this big arena and like walking around and stuff. We fought like <laughs> one of those. They have they would set up like a cage like this tiny ass cage. Right. Well, it's not like the octagon today. It's not like, like a football like a square. Field. It's like this the, tiny, like little, little cage, right? Like you would take one step and you'd be like right in front of your opponent. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I signed up for my first cage fight. It's like show up and you fight whoever you want. It's like you fight whoever shows up type things like, all right, you're going to, you look about you and you look about the same size. So yeah, you're going to fight. <laughs> and so, um, I showed up and, um, I 
fought a wrestler, of course, because I'm from the mid. It's in the Midwest, right? It's like the wrestling hotbed of America. So, uh, I I fought a wrestler. I didn't have any wrestling training at all. Grappling, uh, I just knew you know a little bit of taekwondo i thought i knew you know it's like black belt badass and um got in there and old mate just took me down and like double a take me like pick me up like slam me down and then um got on my back and choked me out and that was it that was my first fight i lost it and from there i was like man this sucks like but i still want to keep doing it like i gotta like keep training and uh want to get back in there so i uh started training like grappling like wrestling and um yeah i started grappling and and um that's where i started to learn like really uh fall in love with the sports because there's so many different arts right mixed martial arts isn't just like the one you know kicking or punching right it's it's so many different arts and uh i i just fell in love with the different disciplines uh you know i was training brazilian jiu-jitsu muay thai um all these different arts judo as well and i was just man i was just like all i wanted to do i was like, all in my it was like all I ever wanted to do was just train and that was that was it. And so I was what was like 18, 19 at that time. And uh I was like going to college, right? I went to I went to college, went to um SDSU, South Dakota State University for a year. And um I went for engineering because I thought, you know, it's like you know, I, I really I legitimately like would uh would go into engineering but like i just didn't like it which just wasn't for me like at the time it's like all all i could think about was like fighting like fight fight i just want to train fight and um but my parents right asian parents dude, just want you to go to school become a doctor become you know dentist whatever um they don't want your kid to be fighting don't want their kid to be getting punched in the face at all so that was another thing too like you know living with my parents and uh fighting at the same time because uh i i would try to hide like i wouldn't tell my parents that i was fighting right and uh i would show home i would come home from a fight and i'd be all like you know bruised up messed up and stuff and it's like try to cover it with a hat and glasses and you know mom was like take that shit off like what the hell are you doing <laughs> like, like i didn't i didn't bore you to become a fighter (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah that was a really hard struggle for me i guess with uh the acceptance of my parents and uh my passion right my passion was martial arts is martial arts and uh but my parents asian parents it's just like the pushing you know, go to school, go to school, go to school. And uh, that, I think the, 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 that fall, so it was going to be my second year in um, college, going to do my sophomore year in college uh, at South Coast State. And um, I, it's like that spring, it's like, was it August, August or something? I was like, 
Uh, it's like I'm. I sort of like just missed that deadline to sign up for for um my next courses and stuff. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll just I I'll just train and and fight, and I'll just kind of. I, that was it. That was kind of like, oh, that that ship sailed. Let's fight instead. So, uh, that I kind of I dropped out of college to become a cage fighter. And my parents were not happy at that time, man. They damn near disowned me. And I, yeah, I was like, we had a serious conversation. It's like, man, like, what are you doing? It's like, um, yeah, parents weren't happy. They pretty much like disowned me at that point right they're like if you're not going to school uh you're gonna have to get a job like and well and i yeah i ended up getting uh, a job at best buy and um working for the geek squad so i was like wearing like the the tie and um the the black tie and you know, the shirt and you got you guys been in the best buy and seen like the guys you know the yeah, geek yeah, squad yeah. walking around I was like one of those guys, right? Driving around, fixing <laughs> people's computers and stuff, and um, that was fun. I, and I, you know, I, I, I was, I was getting pretty happy with that. I was like, almost gonna just, yeah, keep climbing that corporate ladder and, uh, uh, you know, settle down. Like I'm stop fighting for for just a second there, <laughs> just a second there, uh, because I was getting really comfortable with uh, my job and stuff and. Um, at that time, my fighting career wasn't really getting off the floor. It was kind of, I was, I was like seven, seven wins and like five losses by, I think it was like 2010, 11, I'm trying to give you guys like a timeline so you guys can visualize it. But, uh, 2010, I, 2010 to 11, I was working that full-time job and what was it? I got called, I got, I got um, called out of the blue by, um, not out of the blue, but uh, I got called to go uh, try out for uh, uh, a Tiger Muay Thai uh, sponsored athlete. Uh, uh, I guess kind of, uh, pretty much go over to Thailand and train full time get like a like a stipend and um pretty much just have everything covered for you just got to go out and try out fly over to thailand and try out right so um the coach was my uh who is my mentor now uh and still a really good friend uh brian ebersall um uh, also ufc fighter uh back in the day but he was the head coach at tiger muay thai in thailand and um uh, they they were trying to get, get like a a pro Muay, uh, pro MMA team together, so they uh, pretty much sent out uh, uh, like an invitation to um, to fighters to come and try out for this team. And um, I fortunately uh, decided to go across and um, try out for that team, and and um, that's what got me over overseas. To the other side of the world um, oh, this, where... this, this happened while you were at best buy yeah man yeah i um i uh, planned yeah i took time off from work to uh to go across but i never returned 
So I, I, I was like, hey guys, I'm gonna be gone for a month. I'm gonna, tr- I'm just gonna go Thailand for. This was like, you know, a month in advance, but um, they're like, okay, cool, and um, yeah, I never came back. To me. <laughs> never came back. It was like that was the that was yeah, the last time I was at that job. So, um, how did how did your feeling? How did your parents feel? about you going over to Thailand. Oh fighting. man. Same thing. Well, same sort of thing with the fighting. They're really worried about me. They're like, oh man, going over to Southeast Asia by yourself. You know, we've been over there many times to Vietnam, but I had gone like over by myself and uh yeah, I guess lived on my own, like out out in the middle of nowhere. And um yeah my parents Again, I thought I told them I was going to be gone for a month, and I never came back. <laughs> so, uh, mom was pretty, yeah, upset about that, or she, she wasn't upset, but she was like, "Oh man." So know, what, what year was this? What year was this? This is two thousand twelve. This is two thousand twelve. At that time, we were doing video 24? calls, right? You could. At that time, we were yeah. doing video calls, right, on the computer. Yeah, you could do FaceTime. Yeah, Face- I think FaceTime was coming. It was out. I think, uh, yeah, may- maybe FaceTime video was out. Maybe. Maybe it was just coming out. But, yeah, it was that. It was like that, yeah, that age. Skype. I think Skype might have been out at that time. Yeah, there was Skype, Skype was definitely out. Yeah, was, okay, Skype, okay. Skype was definitely out. Skype. And the, and the Thai internet was really good. Thai internet was, was like, I was getting like 100 megabytes down pretty good anyways um where was that uh thailand i was in thailand and uh my parents weren't happy yeah i never came back home and i didn't get back home until like three years later because yeah i told them i was going to be gone for a month i never i didn't i didn't get back home finally until yeah 2015 (laughs) was was yeah the time i got finally got back and yeah, my mom always says she always jokes around. It's like, yeah, you, remember that time you uh, said you were gonna go to Thailand for a month and you came, <laughs> you didn't come back for three years. <laughs> she always jokes around with that. So, oh man, so tell us a little yeah. bit what it was like living over there, uh, kind of as an athlete in that in Thailand. Uh, yeah, in Thailand. So, uh, training under uh, Tiger Muay Thai. And I guess that was like my first like professional, like real MMA gym, like where you, inter- you get people from all over the world flying in to uh, train at this one place, right? There's places like this in America. There's like, they call them like these super gyms, right? You get the, um, you get like, uh, you've heard of like Jackson Wink. I don't know if you're familiar with like, um ufc fighting and stuff but like there's there's a few different like uh there's like american top team is like one of the super camps right like one of those gyms yeah yeah it's like my first time being at one of those like super mega gyms uh where people from all around the world would go to and train and so uh training at at that uh i and i thought I had the world at my feet because I was like, dude, this is awesome. I get to do what I love to do. And I get to train with all these people from 
all around the world. So I met so many people from all across the world. Hi, wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And yes, I met people from all around the world, including my wife, you just saw. And so fighting. So I've met my wife through fighting. <laughs> so in she Thailand. was she was training there as well. She was tra- training there as well. Yeah, she so she does uh, she does Muay she does Muay Thai boxing. She uh, she was a professional boxer. Um, she's ranked number seven in the world in box rec. Um, WBA Oceania champion, WBO Asia Pacific champion, and um, yeah, she's high level athlete high level fighter she's actually still training today and uh wants to fight mma wow yeah so i'm kind of like helping her i'm like coaching her and i guess being her training partner at the same time because we're about the same she's a little bit smaller than me but we could still work together it's it's a really interesting dynamic yeah that's that's awesome that's awesome it runs in a family you guys have kids no kids yet no not yet uh, we were probably, probably feature feature mma fighter yeah. oh yeah <laughs> uh i mean if he wants to be if he wants to be but yeah. i'm not gonna push him in that direction uh i actually wouldn't prefer him to be <laughs> i would prefer him not to be fired because yeah. it's a lot of hard work man for not a lot of money <laughs> I, I want him to be a golfer or basketball player i don't know about the basketball player i hope he does get tall yeah, but <laughs> uh, golfer, basketball player, uh, yeah, for sure, pushing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but well, if he so wants to fight, yeah, he'll he. I'll, I'll hold him. So, how did, tell us about uh, tell us about getting called up to the UFC? How that all came about? Because that's kind of oh, like man. the Super Bowl for you guys, right? I mean, damn. Yeah. So yeah, the UFC thing. I uh, so you, you've got you guys all seen the the video with. Uh, with the guy with the tattoos covered in tats, face tats. Yeah, yeah. Gets yeah. in my face at the weigh-ins. What 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 ethnicity was he? You can tell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't tell really. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> really. he's too tattooed. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I, um, I, you know what? I, I wouldn't hundred percent accurately know, so I would have to guess he's Australian, but. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but Australia again is very much similar to America, where it's like a lot of lots of immigrants, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, you get a lot of people immigrate um, here from from Asia, so you get a lot of Vietnamese people with um, with Australian accents. It's the weirdest thing, man. An Asian guy with an Australian accent is is. Is is cool, <laughs> but at first it was like really, I was like, "Whoa, an Asian dude with an Australian accent? That's so cool!" It's like yeah, I want it's, one. <laughs> it, 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 I was there. It's, it's a melting pot, just like the U.S. It's right? A so melting you got pot. All kinds of people. Yeah, all, all over. Of, yeah, it's really. Yeah, but that really video cool. went viral. So the guy was kind of bullying you, right? And yeah, man, anybody he listening, was like, go look this thing up. You got to see it. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, so yeah, he got in my face. He's covered in tattoos. He gets my face away and puts his fist on my face even. And then um, he does like this head nudge at me. And I was like, whoa, because I thought he was just playing it up a little bit. And then he does like head little head nudge thing, like like almost headbutts me. And I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, I really felt like some, some um, malice in that. Uh, dude, like this guy's going to get it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of it. <laughs> And that's where you see me smiling because I'm like, dude, wait till you see, wait until tomorrow, buddy. Because that's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm going to get you tomorrow. And next day, freaking, yeah, I just went in there and I remember uh, going in there and I remember him like just then, the fight starts, right? And then he's standing, he's like stood so close to me very like wide stance he's like almost in like a sumo stance he's super wide so he can't move he's very planted in the ground seems like he's very planted and um i just felt like i could hit him from like distance right i felt like i could just from like a mile away because i'm i i just felt like i was so much more explosive and uh, he was standing so stationary and so close to me. I was like, man, I just reach out and hit him. So I just, I started unloading on him, just boom, boom, boom. And then we were waiting for that right hand because we knew he had like that big, you know, big whopping right hand from other videos um, from his last fights that we'd watched. And we were expecting that big right hand to come. And as soon as it did, I was watching, watching, and it just, it came in the corner of my eye and then I just boom just hit him and I remember exactly what that felt like that one moment of my fist connecting to his jaw because like that's exactly where it hit I remember it like night and day and I remember feeling like my my knuckles like go through my glove and like hit him in the jaw and it was like it made that like that pop where it was like um you know where you uh if it, like you sit down for like Thanksgiving dinner and you like grab the drumstick and you like twist the, the drumstick and you pop it off. Yeah. It was like that same pop, that cartilage, like poop. Right. And uh, I remember it, I hitting him so hard, man. And uh, he just went down and I just kept going. Cause it's just instinct, man. It's just go for the kill and land a couple shots on the ground. And that was it. Uh, yeah after the fight yeah he was he was kind of uh he, he's like a yeah, good fight and stuff didn't really have much to say um he did go into my change rooms like hey man it's just fight game whatever whatever but um and then i think a week after that he said online like i got lucky or something <laughs> i'm like wait a minute <laughs> i got lucky <laughs> Mate, <laughs> that was years of training right there in that one moment, right? It's like, well, I've trained for that moment. Like, at that point, I was yeah, eight, nine years into it. So, so that video went viral. Uh, that video got like millions of views. I think it's at, you know, 67 million views on YouTube or something. And, uh, I was on a seven fight win streak at the time. UFC was playing an event in uh, Adelaide 
in one of the other towns in Australia. Um, they had a person, um, they had a flyweight. So my division is like the, the smaller guy. So the one, 125 pound division. Um, so they had to drop out in, in one of those fights. And uh, I was, I was here in Australia. Uh, I was on a seven fight win streak, six or uh, long win streak. And that viral video had gone out and didn't done the round. So everyone had known all the, you know, UFC definitely knew about me. And um, I had friends. So my mentor, Brian, and had another coach as well, uh, Roger Huerta, um, also UFC fighter. He, they, they, um, they heard about that, the dropout, and they quickly got into the ear of whoever in the UFC. And then it was just, I was in the right place at the right time, knew the right people. Um, all the stars that aligned for me and boom, I was in like, it was, it was, it was, it, it was like, uh, I was just at the right place at the right time. Just happened to be there, man. Could not be any more perfect. <laughs> and yeah, from there, uh, was it? So I was a last minute replacement fight. I think I had a month to train. It wasn't last, last minute, but a month to train for that fight. Um, but I had been training. Um, I, you know, I'm training regular as it is as an athlete. So, um, uh, a month training for that one. And I remember going into that fight, uh, having a lot of pressure, uh, kind of living up to that video, that viral video, you know, everyone knew me from the video, but they haven't seen me fight in the UFC. That's my debut fight. Right. So, uh, I felt like I had to prove that I could actually fight and, um, I was actually skillful, not just from, not just in the UFC because of this viral video, right? Um, so I had a lot of pressure going into it and uh, ended up winning the fight, uh, finishing the fight, four minutes, 59 seconds in the first round. And um, man, I was over the moon. I was so, it was more of a relief for me. It was like the pressure had like just gone off my shoulders. Like, dude, I'm in, like, I won my debut fight, UFC. Um, I proved myself, uh, my parents, my, my parents even called me and said for the very first time that they, they, uh, they watched me on TV and, um, how good of a job I did. And, um, I, I remember that phone call, like just me in the background, back room and, uh, my mom called me and, uh, I, I, I remember like tearing up cause it was the first time. I had gotten that acceptance from my parents because you know, remember from our, our uh, from before, like we, uh, uh, my parents just almost disowned me, right? So I almost I went from getting disowned to, uh, you know, having my parents praises, and uh, I, it was a really good feeling. Like that was like one of the best moments of my life. Yeah, nice. awesome. Very nice. So then how many more UFC fights did you end up having? Uh, I did seven in total. So six more after that. Uh, my last fight was 2018. I unfortunately lost two fights in a row. And then 
at that time they're getting rid of they're kind of debating if they wanted to get rid of the 125 division altogether because it's kind of getting stagnant at the time we had um i don't know if you know we had a champion demetrius johnson who's probably one of the rated best power fighters in the world anyways he was like the reigning champion for years so there wasn't a lot of change in hands in the belt so sometimes you get like the one guy that's just dominating the sport just kind of gets stagnant right so they were kind of getting rid of the vision and unfortunately was in the i was in the wrong place at the wrong time so um i that was my exit in the ufc i did one fight in japan for ryzen that was my last fight um to this day so that was in 2019 2019 um and then COVID happened and then yeah, I haven't fought since then. You never fought with uh, Demetrius Johnson? No, no, heck no, no. He's he's in uh, one championship right now. It's a different organization. Uh, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I never never got the chance to fight uh, Demetrius. So you are you are you are an EFC UFC fighter, but be, being based in Australia, mm. were you not getting a lot of the fights in America? Uh well with. With the UFC, uh, they when they come to different countries in the world, they they'll they'll um, so for example, they come to Australia and they'll put they'll load it up with all Aussie fighters, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it'll just be like, you know, get the hometown crowd. You know, everyone wants to watch mm-hmm. home team versus away team, yeah. and um, yeah. So I was mainly fighting in most of my fights were in. Australia. I did do one fight in the U.S. for the UFC, and it was uh, in my hometown, actually, in Sioux Falls. Oh, wow. All places, right? They had a UFC fight in a, a small town of, you know, 150,000, which is incredible. Um, which, there's, there's a bit of a story to that as well, uh, on how the UFC got to Sioux Falls, of all places. Um a small uh, sh- uh long story short it was because like there's this one is a famous uh manager he manages like a lot of the top ufc guys and he lives in sioux falls for whatever reason i don't know i maybe it's because of the the cheap houses the cheap food um cost of living but he lives in sioux falls so he um he was able to talk to some of the top ufc guys and get a card a ufc event in sioux falls of a, a town of you know two hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand. it's like not a lot of people you would not expect a ufc mm-hmm. fight to be there right so i got i got the fight in front of my hometown unfortunately i got i got um i i got lo- i lost that fight i lost bad like i i'm i got finished on the ground i tko'd on the ground yeah, I was, I was taking like elbows to my face, like with someone on top of me. It was, oh, it was wow. horrible. Yeah. So imagine uh, going away, like leaving your hometown, coming back, uh, like, yeah, I'm the best, and then getting smashed in front of your hometown crowd. Right. That's what happened. But I, uh, I was glad to have that opportunity because I went from fighting in a showground 
which was literally across the street from the venue I had fought in the UFC um, in like this big ass arena in front of my hometown fighting in the UFC. You know, I had, I even brought like one of a couple of my training partners in, in the corner. So in, in the back with me and my, um, my very first MMA coach, uh, uh, Pete Clausen, um, he, he, uh, we would train. Yeah. We just trained when we trained back in, where was it? It was Brookings, South Dakota, where I went to, um, university. We would, we trained at like, uh, uh, a gymna- like a gymnastics uh, gym because you know back then there was no MMA gym <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I was able to bring him into the corner and uh, get him to uh, you know come in and you know enjoy the the time with me so it was it was it was a great good um, good experience even though I lost even though I got smashed from my hometown I, I was glad I was able to uh, come back and fight in the UFC in front of my hometown. Yeah, that's, that's good. So you hung up your gloves officially as far as formal competition, but you're not done with martial arts. Tell us about what you're doing now, other than training your wife or, um, and what you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So we're actually about to go train like right after this interview, um, which is funny, but yeah, she's, uh, I've, I've taken a step back from fighting. I'm not active right now. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I think I, I will have another fight. We'll have another fight. I just, I'm really enjoying the coaching and kind of taking a step back and um, passing down that knowledge to people who uh, are up and coming, man. And then, and then, and loving it, man. Really um, loving being able to uh, communicate with people on all different levels. And I guess, um, yeah, it's just my way of giving back to um, people who've uh, needed needed more than I do. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been um, a really interesting year for me because uh, you know it was really at first I struggled with making that transition from athlete to coach because I was like, because right, you've been doing it for so long, and to all of a sudden stop and do something a little bit different is it's a big change so um i struggle with it but now um i'm really enjoying i guess the seeing people just progress and and giving them the right figuring out what what's the right input for the right person because everyone learns differently right someone might be a visual learner someone might be an audible learner just got to figure it out right so yeah i am i'm really enjoying coaching might return to the ring at some stage but um right now i'm just riding that coach wave yeah now i believe you also went and trained some folks in vietnam or trained there yourself spent a little time there yeah Tell us about that. What did the locals kind of think of you? Um, oh my gosh. That, so man, that was uh, a really, really fun experience going over and training, um, doing what I love, you know, my passion and then and doing it and doing it with people back home, back in my home country, I guess my ethnic country. And um, just seeing uh the the excitement for mma and martial arts 
right? Because uh, uh, for the longest time, bit like the cage fighting scene or MMA was was it's still today. There's still a bad stigma about it, so it's almost like a an underground sport. It, it, where, but right now they 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 are starting uh, uh, to they they've lifted the ban for MMA fights in Vietnam. So yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, MMA schools popping up, lots of interest, lots of people wanting to fight. I just think it's in our blood, right? I just think it's in because uh, Vietnamese Vietnam has been in so many different conflicts. You know, we've been in wars for centuries, right? So many different wars. So we're, we grew up, you know, our, we grew up fighting. So uh, we just, I think it's just in our blood to, to want to go into combat and um, uh, I guess uh, in, in martial arts and, and um, fighting is, is, is something that, that uh, is in our blood. I feel like seems like, and you can really see it, man. Yeah, everyone, the the excitement through it, and everyone is just uh, getting really uh, pop. They're training, they're popping up, and all the gyms are popping up, and they're they're just there's so much uh, momentum going for it right now that it, mm. I could see it being a big thing going in the future. So would love to see some more. Uh, up and coming uh, Vietnamese people uh, get into uh, MMA. Would love to see uh, someone from you know uh, uh, Vietnam, just from Vietnam, get into the UFC. Be awesome to see. Yeah, that's cool. So if there is somebody out there, of course, our listeners are mainly in the U.S. But uh, what advice <laughs> would you have for them? Um, to pursue their dream or uh, in MMA or any, even if it's something similar? Let's say just, uh, man, just your, your passion and your love is going to drive you to, to get where you want to go. So if you, if it just depends on like how much you want to, uh, you want to go after it, man. It's like, and I guess, uh, don't yet, just keep doing it and just keep training, doing what you love and don't, don't, uh, don't think about what other people think about what you're doing. Cause do whatever makes you happy. <laughs> do what you want to do. Follow your heart. Something, something cliche. Um, <laughs> something yeah. along those lines, but, um, yeah, I say just follow. I, I, I don't want to say like something cliche, but, yeah. Just keep following your dreams and really, uh, really find what you want to do. Like, really, do you ask yourself, do you really want, do you really want to do this? Like, do you want to put in this effort? Like, how much effort is it going to take? Like, do you know what effort is going to take? Like, ask yourself, is it worth the pain? So, oh, man. So, <laughs> Uh, for me, it was just, it was just natural. It's just, I just, all I wanted to do was just fight, fight, fight. And today, man, like, uh, I, all I could think about is, is, uh, all I, I, all I think about is, is martial arts and just how better I can teach it and, uh, learn it better myself. Cause, uh, the more I learn it, the, 
more I know something, the better I can explain it to someone else. So um, that's kind of my drive for uh, martial arts. And be curious, man. Don't have a closed mind. Be curious. Train different arts. Have fun. Yeah, have fun with it. Have fun with it, man. We're yeah. just we're doing this fun. Don't go on it for money. Don't go on for money. MMA is not the place for that. Cole, uh, Cole say the same thing with bodybuilding, right, Cole? I'm, yeah, I'm, who's I'm that? Cole, right here. He's Cole. former professional <laughs> yeah. bodybuilder. Yeah, Cole, it's yeah. the same. I'm, I'm the most broke. I hold the title <laughs> for being the most right? broke, most broke bodybuilding Pete on the Olympia stage, dude. <laughs> If there was a title for that, I'd have it because you probably totally wouldn't. That's the thing. <laughs> no, I, I, no, dude, I totally get it. This, it, it's, you don't do it for the, the money, man. You don't like. If you wanted to make money, you just get a normal job or do something different. Like, yeah, I should listen because... to my parents. I should at least stay in school. Uh, I know. <laughs> don't li- so don't listen to your parents. <laughs> yeah, do listen like to them fifty percent. Give them fifty percent, and you you would have been okay. Yeah. <laughs> they talked about having a backup, you know, just have a backup in case it doesn't fall, it doesn't work out. Have a backup, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Man, you'll be right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. all right. You said you said you had your first fight at eighteen. You didn't have any taekwondo competitions from the age. Oh, I did. Yeah, I had, okay. yeah, I did competitions stuff like that. Yeah. Didn't do very many um, because there's, you know, not a lot of comps around town. But, uh, yeah, I yeah, did maybe one or two, and that was about it. And then wow. went straight into fighting. Awesome. Well, Ben, before we wrap up, where can people follow you to kind of see what uh, you're doing? You're on IG, yeah, right? Follow me, yep, follow me at uh, Ben10MMA. So that's Ben10MMA at... Instagram, Facebook, Facebook's the same, and Twitter. Awesome. All right, man. Well, Ben, we appreciate you coming on. Great interview. The C4 Podcast is brought to you by the Lao American Sports Hall of Fame. Visit us on the web at laoamericansports.com, celebrating the first, inspiring the next.